This is Pursuing Wholeness. This moment, where whenever and wherever you're listening, because you're not listening at the same time that we're <laughs> recording, that's impossible. And if you are, <laughs> we should be concerned. Right, that's a problem. Because we have not authorized you into our home. Right, exactly. That means you've you've somehow tapped into our Wi-Fi. Anyway, we don't have to get into all those details. We're scaring ourselves and stuff like <laughs> how secure do we have a? Anyway, yeah, gosh. Um. So anyway, hope. You guys are doing well. Um, before I say anything, make sure that you share. Um, we do hope and pray that this podcast, you listening to this, has been a blessing. Look, please share, y'all. Don't don't hold it all to yourself. If for real, if it's really blessed you and impacted you in any sort of way, surely there's something that could spark a conversation with your friends or something like that. Please, please share. <laughs> please share. Yeah, and and along with sharing, please comment um, on like whatever medium you're listening. If there's a way to leave a comment or a review, please do that. And um, also, you know, comment on our social media if you're seeing it there, Mm because we really are about building. Well, I don't. I hate to say building community, but really, it is like we're wanting to identify our tribe and rally our tribe and you know just kind of have this conversation with other people who are thinking along the same lines so please share and comment and let's just um let's talk about it right right yeah definitely we want to continue the conversation we talk about this stuff but one of the main reasons we just we decided to start a podcast is because we wanted to reach out to other people out there who have some of these same longings. We know we're not the only ones out there. We know we're not. Yeah. Yeah, we can't be. So if you're out there and you're listening, please let us know. Send us a smoke signal or, um, you know, a carrier pigeon or something or a Facebook comment will suffice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I know. Yeah. On Facebook, you can go to, uh, I guess you could go to my page, um, Back to Basics, Health, and Wholeness. It's uh, at Sean B2B. That's the, I guess, handle, if you will, for Facebook. One day we'll get a Pursuing Wholeness podcast Facebook page, perhaps. Perhaps. We do have an Instagram page. Right, at Pursuing Wholeness Podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know how many posts on there. Probably still, like, maybe two posts, but, you know. Oh, well. (laughs) But, um, yeah, we just do what we can. Um, But, yeah, anyway... So today we literally have come into the podcast with no official thing to talk about, <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. Um, Cause we're always talking right. about stuff like mm-hmm. all the time. So something's going to happen. Yeah. So, you know what? I'll say this cause I, I do have, I had one thought, but then I have this other kind of random thought. So like, I'm wanting to know if there's anybody out there, who's like me, who 
has certain musical tracks that they listen to over and 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 over again. Like, like there's many more overs and overs and overs, <laughs> but we just don't have enough time. So, I mean, I have a few of those. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like my taste in music. Like I, it's certain kind of tracks that have, you know, if they have like a certain kind of mellow, mellow, mellowness to them, plus like some sort of melody that is just, I don't know, for lack of better words, profound to me. I have to listen listen to it over and over again. Case in point. So one of them is a, is a track. It's actually um, a friend of mine years ago when I used to kind of like me and my brother used to make beats and kind of do little raps and stuff like that. We had a friend who sampled this track that my wife helped me to, she actually helped me to find just recently where the track came from. But I remember when he was playing the sample and, and making the beat when me and my brother were around, I remember being like, where in the world did this sample come from? It's mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. It it has strings. It's just it really is just violins and maybe a double bass or something like that. But it's just the melodies are incredible, in in absolutely incredible. And um, all these years later, like sixteen years later, Veronica helped me to uh, find out where that came from, or whatever with that Android tool that allows you it listens to music and helps you to find the name of the track or whatever it's like the google <clears throat> thing i don't know but yeah you want to tell them what song it led you to yeah so it's it, it's yeah i guess why not so the track is it's a, for um for those of you who grew up on r&b like us it's um tevin campbell and the track is called the only one for me right mm-hmm. the only one for me and specifically the part of the song that my friend sampled was the very beginning. It's like a mm-hmm. violin intro before the song actually comes in. And I don't necessarily, I'm, I mean, I don't, I didn't know the song after that, even though I knew Tevin Campbell, but I just knew of that intro because my friend sampled it. Um, but when you get a chance, listen to the only one for me by Tevin Campbell, specifically the intro, whether or not you listen to any other part of that, it's up to you. The whole song is good. It's a mm-hmm. good song. But yeah, the intro. That yeah, it's you know, and I don't know if my well anyway, yeah, my brother, he used to kinda give me a lot of grief, you know, years and years ago because y'all, like I would I would start I would listen to my friend's track over and over and over and over and over and over again. Like I I can't tell you. I'm I'm sure it's thousands of times. <laughs> like for real, no no doubt. Um another song for me is um uh, Human Nature by Michael Jackson. <laughs> so that's why Veronica's doing that. Y'all, like, and here's the thing. And again, this is not really pursuing holding stuff, but we're at the same time, music is very much a part of... Yeah, it's all of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like something, music kind of hits me a certain kind of way. Um, anyhow, Human Nature was not a song that I heard as a kid. I heard all those other Michael Jackson songs, but I never heard human nature except for indirectly through the uh, SWV song um, oh, right yeah. here. So you always hear that why, why, why. you always hear that that thing in there and of course you could right, right right exactly and then it's like of course the music itself the melody is 
human mm. nature. You know, and so, but I didn't know. I knew that it was interesting that somebody singing in the background. But then one day it was, it either was, it was, no, because I had that other CD before. It was a few years before Michael Jackson actually passed away. I actually kind of like more so heard that song. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. And so it intrigued me because, you know, a lot of times when people think Michael Jackson, they think about all the tracks where he's like, ah, you know, and doing all his little ticks, you know, like the fast songs. But like, I really enjoyed hearing him kind of singing kind of slower. And then just like, I was like, how did they think about that music? How did they think about that? I know. <laughs> no, I'm just like, I'm shaking my head because the people listening have no <laughs> idea how deep this rabbit hole goes. Y'all don't know, man. Sean has found every iteration of this song. He found the extended version. Mm-hmm. It's like 30 minutes long. Mm-hmm. He found the uh, original track where it's like, some other guy oh, yeah. singing it. The people who actually kind of like made the demo for the song. This is other group that a lot of people actually know a lot about called Toto. Um, I was talking to one of my coworkers about it and he was very familiar with Toto. But um, yeah, a couple of people from that group actually wrote that, wrote the, um, made the music and wrote a totally different song. But then Quincy Jones heard it. And he was like, he really, he was captivated by the melody. He was talking about how it felt. It just felt really good. And so they switched some things around and made it, raise the pitch up a little bit, I think. And then, um, you know, then Michael Jackson, you know, took it and did what he did with it. Sean has heard the instrumentals that only has like, wow, 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 But it has the music and everything. He's heard that. He's, he's done it all. He has found every possible version of that song and played it like over and over. I mean, like you go in the car, you're like, "Human nature again, Sean, please." <laughs> yeah, my my oldest child, she she, I think she's pretty much a fan of the song now. She has no choice. She was <laughs> she was born into it. It's like mm-hmm. the song was on when we brought her home from the hospital. I guess yeah, <laughs> they yeah. probably played every day when you would pick her up from daycare. <laughs> Yeah, probably did. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those days, I, I thought you were going to quote Bane for a second. I was born in it. I had thought about it. it. Yeah. Ooh, y'all. The thing, even yeah. that Sean quoting Bane is like. Yeah, I don't know, y'all. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm, yeah, I know, I know. Sean used to, well, yeah, he still does, but he used to really quote any Dark Knight reference like all kinds of dark night references again y'all i know like of course veronica's kind of saying all this stuff to kind of paint me as this weirdo <laughs> i'm just i'm not paying anything i'm just saying the truth and uh, race race ipsa for all the attorneys out there yeah i guess the thing <laughs> i guess the thing is it's like i guess it's kind of make me think about some of my what do you call them idiosyncrasies or, or whatever i guess but the things that make me who i am and um certain things certain things with music or even with she was mentioning the stuff with these movies and stuff when it's really good acting or certain voices and stuff like that it just really gets to me and i guess it's like this incessant almost desire inside of me to really study them and like really absorb everything in that or whatever it's like i don't get i don't i don't get tired of stuff it's even that like that with some some gospel songs for me too. Oh yeah, that um. To my Israel. 
Well, I, Israel's the first one I was thinking about when you were talking about this. The, um, another, another breakthrough. Yeah, another breakthrough. And then um, what's the one that your parents used to like or y'all used to? Oh, you talking about like, Paul Morton? No, not that one. The one that was like. Um, oh, Song of Consecration. Yeah, the one that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so it's like, yeah, y'all. I mean, I can probably list off all the songs and the movies. I can do the, the clips from the movies and <laughs> all that stuff. But, you know, um, I guess like this does kind of tie in. It makes me think about some of the pursuing wholeness themes that we've been talking about. And this, what it reminds me of is, um, I guess just serving God and I mean I guess it's not anything we've talked about before but like we often um think about serving God as being like this ministry you know ministry like preaching teaching um going around and telling people about Jesus and um you know singing in church or on the choir we think of that as being like serving God but like Really, I think that there's a service to God that comes from just doing your craft well, like really doing it well. Because it's like, you know, the fact you're being ministered to by human nature. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't really know exactly how to explain all of this stuff, but it's like we we can be a blessing to people. Like, I mean, just nourish people's souls by doing things that are not necessarily spiritual or christian i won't say even spiritual but christian things things that seem christian it's like you can you can bless people by doing your work well Mm -hmm. and i just think about that you know in terms of what you're saying um even yesterday we were watching that coaches um thing on on netflix netflix yeah coaches playbook and i was like man it's amazing how a sport can have so much significance like they playing soccer mm-hmm. <laughs> and basketball. I mean, or, you know, or basketball, but, um, and it's like, okay, like what does that have to do with real life? But for a lot of people, these sports are their real lives. Like they, they play sports for a living. And so they find meaning in playing sports and they get to like bless other people, encourage people by playing sports. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, you know, just kind of small, like, I mean, I don't want to say small, but it just seems insignificant. It's like, well, I'm just playing, they're just playing a game. But for some reason, when people really excel at things like sports, it it impacts people. Like, it, it can change somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting how that happens. And so I think that we all need to kind of approach the things we do with that same kind of passion and tenacity because we just never know who we could whose life we would change just by us doing our work well yeah that's a good point you kind of reminded me when we watched the um the last dance the um, michael jordan documentary and um you know i mean we were definitely we were definitely like i mean michael jordan playing that was like our childhood you know And like, man, it's like, it's amazing how much people want it to be and still want to be like Michael Jordan. You got these kids who never, I mean, they, they never even close saw him play, you know, but they know who he is though. They definitely know who he is, but it's, you know, because he was very, very, very good at the game of basketball. You know, like you said, it seems trivial, you know, you know, 
just like it's basketball. It's a, it's a sport. But like, dude was excellent, really, really good. But then you also kind of get to see some of his obsessiveness with um, you know, with you know, <laughs> with winning and all. So that dude was a little extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, everybody really enjoyed. I don't know. It's something kind of like you said. It's something about whenever you see someone who's really, really, really good at what they do. It just, I don't know. It's just amazing. I think, of course, sometimes we have a tendency to glorify the person. Right. So that's definitely not necessarily in order. You give people their props. But at the same, on the other hand, I think, you know, it's an opportunity for us to really kind of see God's like, kind of imprint on on people i guess whenever they whenever they kind of go they kind of follow that thing to the fullest extent you know because i think about how a lot of times when we do things in our lives we just kind of like we just kind of do what we have to do whether or not we really feel strongly about it or not you know and sometimes that's sometimes you really can't do the things that you want to do like I think about folks like my grandma who only went up to the second grade of school and had to work ever since then you know but but um but anyway though like just thinking about like in general a lot of us don't really think about going very deeply in whatever it is that our hands find to do like the bible says you know whatever whatever um what your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might, you know, but we might just kind of get enough done and then just kind of go home and plop on the couch and watch TV and just like, you know, just lament having to go back to whatever it is we go back to day after day after day. And life is just a drudgery and all that kind of stuff. It's just all about, you know, more so about making sure that your needs are met and, um, and then, spending the rest of the time just kind of like just doing random stuff. Like I said, watching TV and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of thoughts come to my mind with what you just said, is, and I'm trying to figure out which one I'll do. I guess um, one of them, the first thought that I had was kind of like, you know, we talked about sports and we say, well, it seems a little trivial, you know, to to like focus on being your best at a sport. It's like, how does that change somebody's life? But Really, when you really think about it, what else is there in life? Like, we're we're always putting this huge significance on, like, doing certain kind of things. Like, this is what really matters. But really what matters is what matters to you. Like, what you put into your life. Because when we take out, like, if we look at um, a person's life, and you look at it where they have every opportunity available to them. They have all the things they need. Then what will people be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, if like we're not struggling to eat or struggling to survive, like people would be doing things like sports and art, music. Like people would like be putting stuff into that, or they would be building houses and um, tending to gardens. But they want. It's like the work the things that we do would be, I'm trying to think how, what I'm trying to say. It's like, mm-hmm. we tend to think that what really matters is feeding the hungry or what really matters is teaching school or what really matters. And I'm not even saying teaching school. I'm thinking even teaching school to kids in a 
low-income school district. It's like we kind of like put those things as the higher values, but those are the things that we do because things are messed up. Mm-hmm. But if things were in a more, quote, perfect state, then we would be doing these things that typically seem trivial because mm-hmm. there would be no struggle to be like fighting for. We wouldn't be having to fight for racial justice. You wouldn't have to fight for um, anti-hunger and uh, you wouldn't have to be going to wars and all that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I'm talking about really, but I just kind of feel like maybe when we see athletes doing their very best or we see artists doing their very best, we're kind of getting a taste of what life should be. And mm-hmm. so we get to like enjoy that through mm-hmm. the person. You know what? Um, speaking of artists, you know, I think about a lot of the artists that we, um, and I'm not talking about music now. I'm talking about like people who like painters and sculptors and all that kind of stuff who we studied in, um, in, in grade school, you know, um, for some reason I was, I was telling our child, you know, about, um, um, about Michelangelo and about how he, um, how he painted the, um, the, was it the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, the ceiling and I guess some of the sides of the, the, uh, the walls and stuff like that based on the pictures we were looking at. And I'm like, so dude, what did, what did he what did he do for a living? Like what made him, I don't know. I think he was like what 14th century or something around that time. I can't remember exactly, but like he spent his, you know, according to our stuff, that's no real job to mm-hmm. paint and to do all that stuff. But I mean, he, that's what he did. And he, I mean, he did it extremely well. He got paid for it. Too. Yeah. He, he got paid for it as well. And, um, you know, we wouldn't consider art like that a real job, but yet there is enjoyment to be had from it. Something about that stuff kind of like something about good, you know, painting or drawing or, you know, other artistry and stuff like that. It kind of like it, it, it reaches humans in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought how it kind of wakes you up on the inside in a sense. Right. Like even thinking about that track that you playing over and over, it's like we listen to it. And for me, it creates a longing for something. It's mm-hmm. like, gosh, I, I really want that. <laughs> and it's like, what is it? I don't know, but I just want it. And then even the fact that the song, the clip is so short and it ends so abruptly, it just kind of <laughs> leaves you long. <laughs> you just like want to cry because it's like, no, but I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever will. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never be long enough. It never will. It never be. will. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, it's like, I, I don't know. I guess the reason why I was saying that stuff about our artist stuff is like, you know, you always have these select few people who are like I can't get trapped up in this bubble of just getting my needs met I have to pursue this you know art or this other creative whatever it could be writing books or you know I have to do this it's like for me to not do this would be me you know would be me not living 
my fullest life. So I, I'm talking about that from the standpoint of thinking about people who thinking about people who take these less traditional routes that a lot of us maybe either look down on or we're scared to take those routes and also thinking about what happens when people do that. You know, when people actually are willing to kind of like take that, as they say, road less travel. And then you, you, we see the results and, and, you know, we didn't, we didn't really think when we learned about some of these different kind of artists or whatever, we didn't really think about, you know, what the potential struggle would have been or, you know, talk about how they had to kind of calculate, you know, well, this may not necessarily be the thing that will pay the bills or there, there's no necessary, necessary, there's not necessarily a, a viable way of living if I choose this path. We just kind of talk about the art and how great mm-hmm. it was. That's all we talk about. We don't talk about the struggle as much. Right, right. You know, but we but we see the results and we and we talk a whole lot about the results, but... I just have a lot of respect for people like that. You know, all these books that we had to read and, and um, for summer reading and all that kind of stuff in, in high school. You know, of course, I didn't really finish any of them except for almost one, <laughs> you know. But, like, these books that have stood the test of time, you know, people had to take their time to write those things. Mm-hmm. But we're not necessarily always encouraged to do those kind of things. We're just kind of more so encouraged to go to school and get a good job and everything because all that stuff don't really pay the bills and stuff. It's too risky. Yeah, and it's like, why do we live our life to pay bills? I mean, I know we got to pay them and stuff, but, like, why is that the thing that determines what we're going to do with our time? Like, oh, I got to pay the bills. I don't know. It's like, is that what God created us to do, to, like, pay bills? (laughs) Right, right, exactly, exactly. It's like, if so, it's like, Oh no! Like you say, is 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 this what it's really been about the whole time? <laughs> Just paying bills, yeah. paying taxes. And then when you get to a certain age, you can retire, and then you can die. Right. <laughs> it's just yeah. like you just work, you retire. You might be able to go on a couple trips and everything, but it's like you have to wait. And you know, I, I um I listened oh. to uh, a, a a woman named Courtney Sanders. She has a podcast and. She's a business coach and just all this stuff. And she's young woman. She's a little younger than me, than us. But um, she um, she talked about like in this one one episode I listened to recently. She talked about how um, we kind of like take for granted the way that we spend our time. Like you work nine to five Monday through Friday and you get the weekends off. We kind of think of that as just like, this is life. But like, this is not the life that God gave us. This is a life that some people decided that we needed to live mm-hmm. so that they can line their pockets. Right. They're right. doing it. It's not because it's the way that's best for people. It's because it's what's best for them. Mm-hmm. Like she said that um she pointed out how Henry Ford, and I'm quoting her. I don't. I haven't done my own independent research, but she was saying that Henry Ford, um, like back in the day, people people used to work six days a week, and mm-hmm. then they'd be off one day. And he decided to add mm-hmm. another weekend, that another day on the weekend for people to be off. I just was reading about that. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's about a week ago. Yeah. That's very interesting. But yeah, so she was saying that he created an extra day off so that people have a day to spend money. Because, like, if they only had one day off, 
they're just at home, like, getting ready to work for another six days or sleeping or whatever. But when they had two days off, they had time to to go spend money because he was like, I'm getting all these people to make my cars, but nobody's buying them because everybody's working all the time. So let me get them a day off so they'll have a day where they can go buy cars and they'll have places to go in the cars and all that stuff. So it's like he instituted or pushed for this five-day work week so the people have a day to spend money. Mm-hmm. And it's like that with all the industries. Like mm-hmm. they all, all the people who are producing consumer goods, they want you to spend money on those goods. So like they they and then she also talked about how we work from nine to five Monday through Friday because those are the best days, the best hours of your day. And so like you're contracting with your employer, I'ma give you my best time and you'll give me some good money. Mm-hmm. And so, I'll do yeah. that for the best years of my life. Right, until I'm worn slap out. Yeah, and, and then, then I become a liability for you, so you can give me a, a little a little retirement and, and kick me out of there. <laughs> kick me out of there. You don't want me working when I'm eighty. Mm-hmm. I'm a liability then, mm-hmm. but it's not for me. It's not because I've you know worked hard and now it's time for me to rest. It's because you don't want me up in there moving slow <laughs> on your assembly line. Mm-hmm. So you get rid of me, and I you know I'm done. I'm used up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm tired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's just like we do this, but we don't think about it. We don't think why we do it. We just do it. And you and you encourage our kids to do it. But it's just not how it always has been. And this is not like the original plan that God had for us. You see, I don't know. And see, that's why. <laughs> shoot. So that's that's why it's really important to be knowing about stuff, man. Because you mm-hmm. just kind of assume that. you. I mean, you get born up in this world. And you assume that things are the way they are because they're supposed to be that way. And you don't realize that there's a whole kind of like setup, you know. This, but it, it's not even it's not even that far back. Like, see, the reason why I was reading about Henry Ford was because I was just kind of like thinking about this whole, and I've looked it up before the whole forty hour work week concept. And apparently, around the time of the Industrial Revolution, people were working like. Gosh, I can't remember how much it was, but it was like some crazy amount of time every every uh, week. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say no, no less than about ten to twelve hours a day, um, most if not every day, or something like that. And so over time, like I read when Henry Ford came in and was suggesting forty-hour work weeks, and at some point, some things kind of got put into like you know law, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know. But like, but yeah, it's like you just kind of like assume that this is just your lot. But it's like maybe the reason why you're like you said, parents be encouraging folks to do this stuff. But it's like because you think that this is the way that you make a living mm-hmm. automatically. That's not it's not true. I mean, mm-hmm. not saying that it's all, all bad per se, but it's not the only way. It's not, you know, I don't know, man. It's like just thinking about that. You really when you when you're born into the world. And I mean, we're very fortunate to live in a place where we have more freedom to kind of do, you know, choose what we do than other places, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but you know, you have autonomy. Every, you know, it's like you you decide. You're the one who's actually more so in charge of what you do. You're in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
And we have to know that. We have to know that. It's really important for us to be able to be kind of like open-minded from the jump yeah. so that we can like really kind of see, you know, what should I do? Even thinking back when we were talking about some of these artists and stuff like that, you know, we automatically look at stuff through these certain kind of lenses like, oh, that's not suitable. I guess because it doesn't fit in with the, the quote way things are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Really, it's like it doesn't fit in with the way that a few folks set it up, you know, a few some years own, ago for their own benefit, right? For for everybody to be cogs in the in a in a um in a system, you know. But um, that's why <laughs> I don't know, man. That's why it's so important. It's so important to um under you know kind of know some history, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you gotta know why we do what we do. <laughs> you know that that's a common refrain yeah. that I used to always say. Like mm-hmm. we don't know why we do what we do. And, um, you know, I just think about, I think as Christians, like we should be about helping people to have this revelation that the way things are for you is not necessarily how they have to be or how they're supposed to be. This is how it is in Christ. And, um, you know, we talk about, you know, I don't know. I just, I guess it just, there's so much in the way that our society is that if we take a step back and, I separate ourselves from it, we'll realize that there's so much that doesn't have to be the way it is or shouldn't even be the way it is. Um, gosh, it was a thought I had, but it slipped my mind. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just think that um, we should be about showing a different way, showing that there is a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, Romans 12, too. Be not conformed to this world would be transformed by renewing of your mind. That you might prove, prove what is that good, good and acceptable and perfect. and perfect will of God. Like literally, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, think about that. So like literally, so you can prove what his will is. Mm-hmm. Not not so you can kind of like, just kind of do what everybody else does. Like literally, you're talking about the creator of, of everything wanting to show his his will. Mm-hmm. Like, and so it this can't, is why I created y'all in the first place. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Not stuff that's kind of more so adulterated by our own, our own constructs or whatever. It's like we literally have to have our minds renewed so that we're not looking at everything through the way that merely like humans do. Mm-hmm. We we can actually see His will for what it actually really is, and we can help to help the world to see it but you know well anyway i don't even get into all that i won't get into all that i did remember what i was gonna say when you mentioned your grandma and and the way that her life was like i've been i still i don't know how long i've been reading this i guess since about december on what makes the great great and back then i remember kind of being like "Eh, i don't know about this book but it's been real good. Like the way he brings the way that um Mr. Kimbrough or I don't know if it's Doctor. Yeah, I don't know if it's Doctor. Uh, it's probably uh, Mr. Kimbrough. But he he lays out all these different qualities that make great people great. And right now he's talking about work, like hard work, working hard. But not just working hard, but working hard at something that you're passionate about that you want to work at. Something that is like an operate, it, it like comes flows out of like your strengths and your your best qualities or whatever. 
And he talks about how no, there's no one in this world who is like precluded from accessing this, this greatness that comes from that hard work and something that you're passionate about. He was like, no matter what circumstances surround you, there's still opportunity there because he's saying like people do find it. And he talks about all these different folks, you know, people who were slaves and people who were, um, you know, under various conditions like discrimination and um, poverty and single parent homes and all these different things. But it's all these people who still, despite all of that, were able to like make something for themselves. And, um, you know, being a slave, a former slave and being millionaires, you know, it's people out there who became millionaires even out of slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, I mean, I'm not saying that to knock anybody who who hadn't attained that despite their circumstances, but um, that opportunity is there. And I think that part of it is once we get that revelation, sharing it with other people. Because, like, perhaps if someone like your grandma received that revelation, like, I know you only got this much education. I know that there's a lot of racism and discrimination, but if you want to do this thing, you can. And I mean, in their own way, they did extraordinary. Yeah, yeah no doubt, no doubt. Because like they they had a middle class home and they were able to raise your mom in a middle class home mm-hmm. where by a lot of standards, they would have been considered well off. Mm-hmm. Um, Granddad had three rental properties and Mm -hmm. at least three and you know had cds in the bank and Mm -hmm. a plumbing business and Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. just all kinds of stuff that i mean so i mean they actually probably are like you know an example of that greatness coming Mm -hmm. forth um you know deciding that i'm gonna take whatever i have and i'm gonna work it and i'm gonna make it into something and i think that all of us can do that like he said in the book, the part I just read, he was saying that um, a lot of people, he was just kind of saying like with African-Americans, like at that time, I it was like the 90s. And he was saying that um, only like a small percentage of African-American people uh, made like over $75,000 and, and, and still a, a very small percentage made over $50,000 at that time. And, you know, that was a whole lot of money back then. But I guess he's talking about people who are becoming like in the um, middle, like middle, upper middle class, whatever. Um, but he was saying that when you ask people what steps they've taken toward attaining a higher level of income, most people aren't taking very many steps. Most people are just going to work every day and doing their jobs. Most people aren't saying, I want more. I want, I don't want to just make this much. I want to make this much. I want my family to have this kind of lifestyle. I want this. It's like they're not looking at that. So when their life circumstances don't change, it's not a surprise because they haven't even been working toward it. Mm-hmm. But it's the people who say, this is what I want. I don't want what I'm in. I want that. I want that. They get it. Mm-hmm. More than t- more, most of the time, they get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a good point. You made me think about how um, in the Bible, jo- uh, Joseph. You know, whenever he he was given those visions, you know, he had those other brothers and stuff who 
course, they were really annoyed by him because he was saying all this stuff and he was in his dreams. He was always ruling over them. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that stuff, you know, ultimately that ended up manifesting or whatever. You know, they didn't have the, or weren't given visions like that or whatever. But he had them and he, he you know, of course, he held on to those things, you know, through many, many different adversities and over a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I mean, he ended up being in a place, you know, as far, where at least in certain ways, far beyond where his his brothers his brothers were because he had he was given that vision, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, a lot of time. But it really, you know, I don't know. It really take. We really have to like. You do have to. You definitely have to see yourself past a certain kind of place or whatever you know otherwise i mean if you don't have vision for it then i mean what i mean you're just simply just not gonna go beyond what you can see you know in your mind or whatever whatever mm-hmm. you you know so mm-hmm. yeah it's like we gotta if we go if we want it we gotta go for it and i mean i just think we this is these are our lives, you know. Right, right, right. These are our lives. Why don't we do what we want to do in our lives? Like we too often allow other people to dictate what's going to happen in this life. They got their own life. Let them dictate what happens in their life. Yes, right. We need to dictate what happens in our lives, and we just we miss that opportunity mm-hmm. because we look at well, you know, I gotta work, I gotta do this job, you know, for the man, and all this is like. You don't have to look around you. There are people who don't do it, who who make it, who say I'm gonna do something different. Yeah, that's a really. I'm gonna good do point. something different, and sometimes their life it may look like they're struggling or something like that, but they're living the life they want to live. They may mm-hmm. not have the biggest house or the nicest car, or all the income coming in, but they're living the life that they want to live. And we sitting here saying, well, you know, look at Joe. He All he did was play music and he ain't got nothing. Look at me. I got this house, but I work all the time. You know, it's like whatever. So anyway, if this message had been a blessing to you. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for listening. We want to hear what you think. Share your thoughts. And, you know, comment and share this podcast. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Doing Wholeness is a Back to Basics Health and Wholeness podcast with theme music produced by Life on 